1: Writer. Okay. This is the moment for those who... Old Time Radio Carnival Screams Podcast. Welcome to the Old Time Radio Carnival Screams Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the best of suspense, horror, sci-fi, and comedy from the golden age of radio. If you would like to leave me a message or comment, you can send it to me on our Anchor FM Carnival Screams homepage or follow us on Facebook at Old Time Radio Carnival Screams. This week we're adding a second episode from our Old Time Radio Classic Comedy Vault. This week's classic comedy feature is from Burns and Allen Radio Show. The episode is called Gracie Reads Frank. George and Gracie talk about their recent trip to New York, and Frank Parker receives a mysterious telegram. But before we get into our podcast, if you want to keep up with all the episodes, news, backgrounds of the podcast, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you would like to support the podcast, leave a message or comment, follow the link listed in our show notes, or you can just type in anchor.fm forward slash Carnival Screams, all one word. Uh, That's A-N-C-H-O-R. Period FM forward slash carnival screams, no spaces in the top of your browser, and that'll bring you to our Anchor FM page. Hope you enjoy the podcast. <laughs>
2: It's Chesterfield time, pleasure time, the order of the day with radio listeners everywhere. Chesterfield presents George Burns and Gracie Allen, Frank Parker, Ray Noble, and his orchestra. All right, Ray, one, two. <laughs> This is Paul Douglas speaking, and last week, I told you how Chesterfield's tobacco buyers visit the leading markets of the world to get the best cigarette tobaccos. Every one of these tobaccos is outstanding for some quality smokers like, and the way Chesterfield blends and balances them together gives a lot more smoking pleasure. Here's the reason. Chesterfield's have the right combination of mild, ripe, homegrown, and aromatic Turkish tobaccos rolled in pure cigarette paper. No cigarette can do more for you than Chesterfield. No other cigarette can give you Chesterfield's refreshing mildness, better taste, and more pleasing aroma. It's the blend that can't be copied. Chesterfield's Satisfy Millions. <laughs> have their weekends under the pine trees. Swimmers have their weekends under beach umbrellas. Astronomers have their weekends under the stars, but George and Gracie have their weekends under their hats. In other words, Chesterfields give you chest two fools and here they are, George and
3: Gracie. Thank you,
4: thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, Gracie... What do you say to everybody? Hello. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, George, I'm having such a wonderful rest in New York. Nothing to do and all day to do it in.
5: So you're getting a good rest, I. Think.
4: Oh yes. Last night I went to the Star Club, the El Morocco, Leon and Eddie, the Ardenettes, the Twenty One, the Paris, the Paradise, the Silver Slipper, the Cotton Club, and the Casino. Well, those are
5: nice places to
4: rest. Yeah, I think so. And tonight I'm going sightseeing. Then taking a movie, walk up and down Broadway, then going to a cafe in Greenwich Village, and then drive out to the beach for a clam bake. Clam
3: bake?
4: That's all, huh? Mm hmm.
5: I suppose that's not tiring.
4: Oh, no. They have somebody there to open the clams for you.
5: But those nightclubs. What would you call going to 20 nightclubs?
4: I'd call a taxi.
5: I'd call you an imbecile.
3: Uh,
4: are they cheaper than taxis?
5: Much cheaper, yes. <laughs>
4: I say, George. Oh, hello, Ray. Uh, you
2: know,
5: George, I'm still worrying about the type of humor you want from me on this program. I don't,
3: want... I don't want any humor
5: from you, Ray. I can tell the jokes on this program, and I can tell good ones, too. All
2: right, then tell me if this is a good one. Mm. I say to you, George, I went duck hunting last week, and I didn't shoot a single duck. And you say, why not? And I say, because I couldn't tell the single ones from the married
3: ones. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ray,
5: Ray, do you believe in signs? Ray. Oh, rather. Well, go find a sign that says exit.
4: Oh, yes. George, isn't Ray clever? Yes, he's
5: brilliant, yes.
4: You know, if he got a nice coat of hair and then crossed his legs behind his head, he'd look like a pestle
5: Yes, and if he put on a little weight, he'd look like an old shoelace.
4: Well, aren't we all? Yes. Oh, there's Mr. Douglas. Hello, Mr. Douglas. Hello. Well,
2: hello, Paul. Hello, George.
4: And um, Mr. Douglas, don't take this personally, but I must tell you about a dream of mine. We're riding in the moonlight, the car stops, and you take me in your arms and you hug and kiss me.
5: When did you dream that, Gracie?
4: Well, oh, I haven't dreamt it yet. That's my dream for tonight. I
5: <laughs> see what you mean. You have all your dreams planned before you go to sleep.
4: Oh, sure. Otherwise, I might dream about Clark Abel, and that wouldn't be fair to Mr. Douglas.
5: <laughs> well, of course, he could always dream about Carol Lombard. Oh.
4: <laughs> Dogman for Frank Parker. Well, Mr. Parker won't be here until shortly after he
6: arrives. Oh, well, here, miss. Will you give it to him when he gets in?
5: Here's a 50-cent tip, kid. Don't forget everybody. Frank Parker owes me a half a dollar.
6: Don't believe him. He only gave me a nickel.
5: Screw son. Gracie. Gracie, you can't open Frank Parker's telegram.
4: Oh, listen to this. Just read that you're back in New York again, and we're giving you two days to come over and settle up last year's hotel bill. Signed the Ritzmore Hotel.
5: Give me that telegram. I'm better put it back in the envelope here so that Frank won't know you opened it. Oh,
4: imagine Frank Parker sneaking out of the Ritzmore.
5: Gracie, why don't you mind your own business?
4: giving him only two days. My daddy got ninety days.
3: <laughs>
4: and I always mind my own business. Yes.
5: Well, I've heard it whispered that you don't. Well. Now,
4: that's an idle rumor. Opening, Frank's telegram.
5: Uh, a false report. Yeah,
4: common gossip.
5: Yeah, uh, a busybody. A busybody? Mm. What's a busybody? Yeah, a hula dancer. Oh, a hula dancer, a busybody.
6: Oh. <laughs> See what you mean. Well, Frank Parker. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello, George. How many girls have been asking for me?
5: Take, <laughs> Take it easy, Frank. No girls have been
6: asking for you. Ah, uh, but they will. Mm. Frank, here's a telegram for you. Oh, thanks, thanks. Hey, that's a smart-looking suit you've got on, George. Like it, huh? Yeah, it just goes to show how silly it is to waste a gunny sack by filling it with potatoes. Never mind, community. Just read the telegram. Let's see. Just heard you're back in New York, and we're giving you two days to back in New York. Ah, those women. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: yes,
4: uh,
2: yeah
6: no, no, it's just for some dame whom I heard that was in town, and she wants me to go over to the hotel for cocktails. Well,
4: well, well. <laughs> uh, oh, well I wouldn't let it bother you, Frank. Uh, uh, where does she live, Frank? At the next small hotel?
6: <coughs> Quiet, Gracie.
4: I know a man who sneaks out of nice the next <laughs>
6: Ah, but, George, well, you see the pretty little girl that met me tonight, George. She's come up here later, and we're going to all you later. Well, yes. well, she's well, a I I of Her, is her that name girl? is Betty McDermott. I'll tell yes. you what happened. Yes? She was walking down Fifth Avenue looking very bored. And little, all of a sudden, I came along. Well, that, yes, I guess that settled it, Frank. Right. Yeah. I knocked her right off her feet. Mm.
4: What were you doing? Riding a bicycle on the
3: yeah,
6: Against the red light.
4: Oh. Mm. George, I'll bet the ritz must be an expensive hotel, especially if you pay your bills. Look,
5: uh, uh, Gracie, some dark night when nobody is looking, something is going to happen to you.
4: Oh, you think I ought to take out insurance? Uh, it wouldn't be a bad idea,
5: because years ago, my mother took out accident insurance.
4: Yeah, but you were born just the same. <laughs>
6: And I find you spinning round in my brain Like the bottles in a glass of champagne You go to my head Like a sip of sparkling burgundy brew And I find the very mention of you Like a kicker in a chaloop of a patoo The thrill of the thought That you might give a thought to my flea Cast a spell over me I say to myself, get a hold of yourself! Can't you see that it never can be? You go to my head with a smile that makes my temperature rise like a summer with a thousand July. You, you intoxicate my soul with your eyes. So I'm certain that it's my The thought that you might give a thought to my plea Cast a spell over me Till I say to myself Get a hold of yourself Can't you see that it never
3: can be You go to my head With a
6: smile that makes my temperature rise Like a summer with a thousand years You intoxicate my soul with your heart. bye
5: there singing, you go to my head. That was
6: really beautiful, Frank. Oh, thanks, George. I just hoped that Betty McDermott was listening in. she gets such a kick out of me. So do you.
3: <clears throat>
5: hello? Oh, just a minute. Oh, it's probably Betty. Gracie, you want it on the phone?
4: Oh, all right. I wish all those handsome men wouldn't call me up in front of Mr. Douglas. It's embarrassing. Will you answer the phone? Oh, hello. This is Gracie Allen speaking, and I can't go out with you tonight because maybe I've got a date with Mr. Douglas. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah. What? Well, you say you've known me longer than Mr. Douglas? Well, that's funny. I don't recognize your voice. Gracie, will you... Yeah,
5: will you yeah. please,
4: Chelsea. What? You say you've known me ever since I was a little girl? Well, spell your name, please. Oh, now I remember. Hello, Mother. Mother? Well, oh, well,
5: well. I'm saying. I'm really surprised she could spell her name.
4: How are you, Mother? Really? Oh, poor Uncle. How's Daddy, Mother? is. Yes? Oh, poor Uncle. How's my little nephew? Yeah? Oh, poor Uncle. How's Uncle, Mother? Look, Gracie, will you break this up? Mother, will you give Uncle this message for me? Here it is. Goodbye.
5: Well, that's a smart message. Gracie, what's the matter with your Uncle? Well,
4: Judge, you know where Uncle's right leg used to be.
3: (laughs) Where his right
4: leg used to be? Well,
5: I've got a rough idea.
4: Well... His left leg is there
3: now.
6: His left leg is where his right
4: leg used to be? Yeah, but that's not the worst of it. His right
5: leg is is where his his left left leg leg used to to be. be. Uh,
4: Look, let me get this straight.
6: Uh, Did Betty McDermott call you, George? Not yet. Well, don't worry, she will. Who's worrying?
5: (laughs) So, uh, so your uncle's left leg is where his right leg used to be. Uh, George,
4: were you ever in a train wreck?
5: Was I ever in a train wreck?
4: I know. Oh, that's a shame. What are you doing tonight? Gracie,
5: was your uncle in a train wreck?
4: Well, not exactly. You see, they called me from the receiving hospital and said, we've got a man here who says he's your uncle. So I said, congratulations, for your girl.
5: And
3: Wait he a minute.
4: said, Just a minute. <laughs> Look, Gracie,
3: how
5: did your uncle get into this receiving hospital?
4: What happened? Well, am I telling you what happened or are you asking me? You're telling me? Well, all right. Don't act like I'm doing it.
5: Now, look, let's start from the beginning
4: All right Judge, what's the matter with your uncle? Oh, he's fine My uncle. Sure
3: Oh,
4: oh yes Well, anywho He's in the receiving hospital And I was rushing down Fifth Avenue to get the subway When all you of a are, sudden You are rushing down Fifth Avenue? Yes and The subway on... is on Seventh Avenue yeah, I know, but all the night nice stores are on Fifth Avenue all
5: right. Oh, I yes. see
4: So, I I could run for the subway and do my window shopping at the same time. That's because you were worried about your uncle. Well, certainly. And then I ran into that dress shop that's owned by those people who came over in the Mayflower. The
5: Pilgrims?
4: No, Milgrams. Oh, Milgrams, yes. <laughs> yes. And I bought three dresses and a two Tracy, Tracy what about
5: your uncle?
4: Oh, Uncle doesn't buy his clothes at Milgram.
5: I guess your uncle gets his clothes in sacks.
4: No, just enough. He gets peanuts and sacks. <laughs>
5: yeah, I have no, oh, paper yes, uh, yes. I say, George,
2: old boy, yes. uh, this piece of humor is so funny that every time I tell it, I burst. So I'd better unbutton my vest.
5: Well, all right, Ray. Get started and unbutton your vest.
2: I say, what kind of babies aren't born with bare feet? And you say, all babies are born with bare feet. And I say, oh, no, they're not. Baby tigers aren't born with bare feet.
7: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
3: Ray,
6: Ray, you can, you can button your vest. Oh, right Betty <laughs> McDermott hasn't called yet. Not you yet, York? Frank, not yet. Well, I hope she gets here before I leave. You know, the kids had enough tough breaks they the
3: not <laughs> <laughs> Gracie,
5: your uncle is in the receiving hospital, remember? Oh, yes,
4: yeah. so... No. I finally got to the hospital and my heart was pounding. So I re- well, just listen to it still pounding. So Quiet, I re- Somebody and... at the
5: door. Come in. Good evening. I'm looking for Miss Gracie Allen.
4: Gracie Allen. Am I a short girl with three Look, black and hair Mr., and,
5: and I... what can we do for you? Well, I dabble in surrealism. My name is Charles Wentworth, Spencer Lawrence, artist, critic, and bohemian. Well,
4: how do, and I'm flatfoot with a flying floor. Uh, how do?
5: Miss Allen, I've been admiring your surrealistic paintings in the Julian Levy Gallery.
4: Well, who hasn't? Hmm.
5: Miss Allen, would you mind telling me how you got your inspiration for that painting of yours called The Love Life of an Hordeaux? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the, the love
4: life of Bernard Dirk? Oh, that's the one I painted with my daddy's shaving brush. <laughs>
5: well, it looks it.
4: Oh, but I'll never be able to paint another one like that. Why not? Well, on account of my daddy is using an electric razor now. <laughs> well,
5: that's a pity. Uh, I say, George, what do you think of
2: this one? I say, I went to see a play last night. And then you say, on borrowed time. Then I say, no, on borrowed money. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: isn't it, Jimmy? <laughs> yes,
5: Ray, you, uh, you can button your vest again. Well, oh, yeah, yeah. Miss Allen,
4: I'm here to invite you to an exhibition next week at the Boston Art Institute. They're hanging one of my paintings. Oh, thank you. You must come to Alcatraz. They're hanging one of my brothers. Goodbye.
3: <laughs>
5: Every
4: everything happens to me. Betty McDermott hasn't. No, no
5: he, not
3: yet, thought... Frank. Not yet.
4: Well, anywho, George, my uncle's left leg is where his right Bradley, leg used to be. And oh, his right leg. Bradley...
5: You know, you remind me of a package of Chesterfield.
4: You mean because I satisfy? No,
5: because you never dry up either.
3: Oh. <laughs> It. You don't. <laughs>
4: well, get this. I don't want to hear any
5: more
2: about your uncle. Oh, but I do, George. Gracie's aroused my curiosity.
4: Oh, Mr. Douglas, have I? Really?
5: <clears throat> well, Paul, you got into this. You get out.
2: Well, what I, what I meant was how could your uncle have his right leg where his left leg used to be and his left leg where his right leg used to be?
4: Mr. Douglas, did you ever put your pants on backwards? <laughs>
5: Beautiful. Your violinist has such expression. Oh, he can't help that expression, George. He's scared to death of his wife. I thought you'd understand. And now Gracie will sing When a Prince of Bella Meets a Cinderella. Sing it, Gracie. Oh, wait, wait a minute,
4: wait a minute. George, do you think Mr. Douglas would be interested in a little N-E-K-K-I-N-G? N-E-K-K-I-N-G?
5: That's, uh, that's wrong.
4: I know, but it's lots of fun. <laughs> Yeah, oh, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. Judge, did I tell you how smart I am? I left my umbrella on the streetcar this morning. And
5: that proves you're smart.
4: Sure, it wasn't raining. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. Uh, Judge, did you hear about Joe Gordon's twin brother winning the ball game yesterday for the Yankees?
5: Joe Gordon has a twin brother?
4: That's what it said in the paper. Gordon's double wins ball game. Oh, <laughs> the <laughs> In all its glory, nothing can take that away. Let me cite an old familiar story and show how they do it today. When a prince of Othello meets a Cinderella on a night of Friday, does he slip her a slipper? No, sir, not if he can slip a kiss. When the moonlight is yellow, dance the Cinderella, tell a fella to be gone. Does she leave him at midnight? No, sir, not if she can linger till dawn. On and all they dream while they're dancing to the sound of a trumpet wail. Go it's not the place for romance, it's the modern fairy tale.
3: When a principal
4: of a meets a cinderella, and he whispers, would thou Does she cuddle up closer? Yes, sir. Uh, honey, how's about it with you? Well, good evening, prince charming, how do you imagine meeting me like this? just a kiss me a slipper? Nay, nay. Not a thousand slip me a kiss. Oh, Are thou feeling
3: romantic?
4: Does I drive you frantic? A whisper like a cigarette? If I don't disappear at midnight, will I get our story up there? In my arms, I'll dream while we're dancing to the sound of the trumpet wail. <laughs> no, oh, it's not the playful for romancing, it's the modern fairy tale. When the prince of a fair, a niece of Cinderella, and his whispers would bow. Does she cuddle up close, hey, nanny, nanny, honey, how's about it with you? i like to day.
3: That was very
5: nice. You've got a sweet little voice, and I'm sure everybody enjoyed it as much as I did.
4: Oh, I think so. I've even got a prettier voice than that famous opera singer Johnny Weissmuller. Johnny Weissmuller? Yes. He's a, he's an opera singer. Well, sure. The paper says he's a great diver. Yeah, he's a
3: diver?
5: He probably goes swimming in uh, lily ponds. Yeah. Oh! oh, that's,
3: very funny, oh yeah,
5: that's really my own stuff. There.
4: Uh-huh. Laundry hanging out in the line. Yeah, laundry hanging out in the line. Yeah, it's the washout. There yeah. yeah.
5: <laughs> well, never mind. Say, Paul. Yes, George. Paul, since this is our second week on the Chesterfield program, I think it would be nice if you would tell us just how Chesterfields are made. Well, I'd be glad to. Uh... Mr.
4: Douglas, did I tell you about my granddaddy? Gracie,
5: Paul is Did I tell now. you
4: that my granddaddy had an emergency operation? Gracie,
5: Gracie, do you always have to do all the talking?
4: Well,
5: no. Oh, good. Go ahead, Paul. Well, the reason Chesterfields
4: are so high <laughs> Uh, uh, some people like to sew. Uh,
5: Gracie, Paul,
4: uh, Paul. Some people like to read books. Uh, look, look. Some uh, people like to play bridge. But
5: you like to talk.
4: How'd you know? <laughs>
5: Paul is trying to tell me something, and you keep on talking.
4: Yeah, what did you say, Judge?
5: I said you keep on talking.
4: I'll be glad Did you say, know that? Oh. Oh. <laughs> Emergency.
5: Yes, his left leg is on his right leg. Used to be in his right leg. What are they doing? Removing his appendix.
4: No, <laughs> they removed his whiskers from his zipper. <laughs> They, uh,
5: they removed his whiskers from his
4: zipper? Yeah. He put on a leather jacket and couldn't get it off. Well, the
5: whiskers got caught in the zipper? Yes. Yeah. That must have been a dangerous operation. Oh,
4: it was. They had to put the instruments down his throat and make the incision from the inside. Well,
5: well, well why?
4: Well, if they made it from the outside, they ruined ruin his leather jacket. <laughs>
6: Well, I'm
5: glad that's over. Paul, you were explaining about Chesterfield. Well, the reason Chesterfield...
6: Uh, Betty McDermott isn't here yet. I don't no, Frank, she's not here yet. Well, I'll bet some insignificant little thing must be keeping her away. Ah, uh,
4: Frank, you're just self-conscious. <laughs> Paul, uh,
6: uh, uh, Paul, you were saying... Oh, yes.
2: The reason Chesterfield... George, George here's one I have just thought of. With what? <laughs> uh, I say, George, if you want to buy a milking stool, then you say, why do you want to sell it? Then I say, because I can't get any milk out of it. <laughs>
5: Fire, hey, Gracie! <laughs> this goes for you and everybody else on this program. For ten minutes, Paul Douglas has been trying to tell me something, and he's going to finish it. And I don't want to hear one sound out of anybody.
4: Well, you won't hear a sound out of me, good. and I'm all through talking. Good, good. <laughs>
5: Go ahead, Paul.
2: As I was saying, the reason Chesterfield
4: and not a sound out of anybody else. <laughs> Some people never know when that's who talks. Go ahead,
2: Paul. The reason Chesterfields give smokers more
4: pleasure. Now, after you finish saying something, it's going to keep Question. on sitting on talking. Now, I'm going to give you a little hint. <laughs> Shut up. You mean be quiet, huh?
3: Yeah.
5: Keep your mouth closed.
4: Don't say a word, huh? No.
3: Keep still? Yes. <laughs> like this? <laughs> yeah, like that.
5: Now, go ahead. The reason.
4: How
3: long? Look! Everybody in Oh, coming. Come in. Where's
4: Frank Parker? Oh, there you are, Mr. Parker. I'm Mary Kelly. Remember? You had a date with my sister last week, but she wouldn't show up, so you took me out instead. Oh.
5: Hello, Mary. Mary? She's, she's big enough to be the Queen Mary. <laughs>
6: Now, listen, George, you've got to help me out of this jam. I've got to get rid of her because Betty will be here any minute. Well, what's Miss Kelly doing here this week? Well, you know how it is, George. She's probably infatuated. I'm infatuated? Oh,
4: don't worry, Miss Kelly. You can reduce. <laughs> Frank, you got into this
5: jam
6: and you get out. Uh, well, Miss Kelly, I hate to dash your hopes this way, but I didn't ask you to come here tonight.
4: No, but Betty McDermott
6: did. Betty McDermott? Yeah, she
4: sent me to keep her date with you.
6: Well, believe me, she's got some nerve.
4: No, it isn't. She's paying me. <laughs> Oh,
5: that's a nice
6: TL for you, Frank.
4: Uh, Frank, if they paid you to go out with Miss Kelly, you'd be living in the fat of the land. Gracie, listen to me. You shouldn't say that. All Miss Kelly needs is, is just a little exercise. Exercise? What kind of exercise? Just push yourself away from the dining room table three times a day. What? Paul started. Now, ke- just a minute. I came up here to go out with Frank Parker, and I'm getting a headache.
6: Yeah, I know. He's pretty, too. Frank mm. <laughs> and your silly dates. Oh, yeah? Well, you can kill me if you want, but I bet the girls and the coast people get glad when I get back to Hollywood. Oh, sure. So will the girls in New York. Mm. Now, look, I've had enough of
5: this. I say, George, is this one any better? I don't think so, Ray. Well, then how about this one?
2: Mm. I say, did you know they have a nightclub in New York for little babies? Then you say, a
5: nightclub for little babies. And I say, yes, to the thought club. <laughs>
3: Yeah, hey, you better hurry or you'll miss
5: them. Uh, oh, right though. Yes. Miss Kelly, why don't you have Frank take you to the El
4: Morocco? I don't think we'd be able to get in there. Oh, sure you would, Miss Kelly. All you have to do is turn sideways.
5: <laughs> Say, Paul, what were you saying about Chesterfield? Well, I'm
4: second, Paul. I don't want to go dancing anyway. I just came from a dinner dance, and I'm too danced out. Oh, you are not, Miss Kelly. You're just pleasingly plump. <laughs>
2: It is an old saying, be sure you're right and then go ahead. Well, Chesterfields have the right combination for giving smokers more pleasure. A can't-be-copied blend of the world's best cigarette tobacco. So go right ahead and make Chesterfield your cigarette. That refreshing Chesterfield mildness and better taste will give you a lot more smoking pleasure. And Chesterfield time is pleasure time. Music, comedy, and sports every week on your radio. Thursdays and Saturdays, Eddie Dooley's last-minute football news. Wednesday, Paul Whiteman and his orchestra, and next Friday at the same time over these same stations. George and Gracie will be with you again.
4: Well, Gracie, say good night to everybody. Oh, good night. Mm. Um, but if I'm not too encumbered, Mr. Douglas, are uh, you going to drive me home?
2: I'm sorry, Gracie, but I haven't got a car. Gracie, I've got
4: a car. Oh, that's awfully sweet of you, George. Are you sure you don't mind walking? Good night. Good night, all.
2: This is Paul Regis telling you that you'll like Chesterfields because of what they always give you. A lot more smoke and pleasure. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.